what value can you bring, right? You want to reduce stress and add value. Those are the two things you want to ultimately check off when you come into connection with somebody. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome back. My guest today is an incredible writer and female entrepreneur who shows up so authentically in her truth that it gives me full permission to do the same. She's incredibly dynamic, and her social media is just filled with so many amazing truth bombs and mentorship lessons, you must follow her. I met this woman at an event all around how to build relationships in the media and get yourself published with PR. And it's been a relationship that I have truly enjoyed curating. And it's been so incredible to just witness this woman rise in her gifts and her truth, even when it's uncomfortable. My guest today is Pollyanna Reed, a senior contributor at Forbes Women, celebrity ghostwriter, and millennial mentor. As a purpose-driven entrepreneur with a storied career, she is widely known for assisting high-profile leaders and doers who are shaping the future, turn their personal stories into powerful brand assets. And when she doesn't have a pen in her hand, you can find Pollyanna traveling around the world, advocating for youth and mental health initiatives, and delivering guest lectures on entrepreneurship in schools nationwide. I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to Boldly Courageous. I am so incredibly pumped for this conversation. You guys have no idea. Pollyanna, I am honored to share you with my audience. And okay, what I love the most about you, we met at an event and you just struck me as a total boss babe that gives literally zero fucks about what anybody thinks about her. And like, I want to embody this archetype of who you are because you're one of the most multidimensional women in business that I've come across. And I really, really enjoy everything that you share, how raw and vulnerable you are. And um, you really set the example of what it looks like to live a boldly fucking courageous life. So thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait for this conversation. I'm super excited. Let's go. Okay. So I start every interview off with the same question. And that is what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, one boldly courageous thing that I have done recently is not lay off any of my employees and trust the process and that we will all make it through this as a team. Mm. And that actually scares me a lot because like, you're incurring expenses. You know what I mean? Like, um, but the idea that these individuals rely on the income that I provide to help their families, to put them through school. Um, I want to continue to be there for them. So I am fighting as hard as I can, fighting, swinging, um, and making sure that we're all going to get through this pandemic together. Mm. I love that. And it's like a true, I have 
goosebumps again, like I'm getting chills talking to you. It's a true ownership perspective of like shifting your mindset around your responsibility to be abundant, right? To generate wealth, not only for yourself, but for the team that supports you. And it becomes this beautiful, like equal energy exchange, right? Like their mission is to support you and your mission. And as a result, the more abundant you are, the more that you lean into your gifts and show up, the more abundant you become then you get to support them as well. So it gets to be this beautiful, like equal energy exchange. Yeah. And as a leader, I think it's important to, you know, grab hold of that vision. And when you are tested, you should lean on each other. While I understand that, you know, many businesses have had no choice. I mean, no choice. Um, I've been very fortunate. I work in a very niche market. I trust that we will be okay. So I'm definitely, we're in it together. I want to have their backs 100%. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm constantly um, replaying a conversation with myself and asking myself, what type of leader am I? What does, how do I define leadership? Um, I was a monster boss at one point and it really took a lot of self-awareness and my team actually checking me um, to help me realize that like that dictatorship is not necessarily how we're going to fulfill the vision that I had painted to begin with. So yeah, so for me, it's like, I just, I owe them so much and I just, I love them so much. Mm, teamwork makes the dream work. That's what I'm teaching my niece. She's three and she says it all the time now. <laughs> That's amazing. It. Okay. So I would love to know how do you define leadership now? Cause you said that you had to redefine it for yourself. So when you think about the brand that you're creating and this big mission that you have, how do you define leadership? For me, it's being of service to my team, right? And actively listening, talking less and listening more to what they need. It's not just about looking at someone and seeing them as an employee number, right? These are human beings and it's important to me to connect on a heart to heart level. Um, as they help me fulfill my vision, it's equally as important for me to understand what their vision is for their life and how their role at my companies um, helps facilitate that. Mm, gosh, again, the, this vibration of just like feeling fully supported just keeps coming through for me. And I think as women, especially, I know I see this a lot of women that have a very difficult time receiving. And as a result, they um, block love, they block financial abundance, they block relationships from other women. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs that get stuck in this energy of not wanting to hire because there's a fear around delegating, like, can I afford it? I can just do it myself. But really what's happening is like this block of being able to receive. So I'd love to know, what was the process like when you were first starting your business? Because I know you've been in the game for a long time. Being an entrepreneur, you've made a lot of mistakes. But if you could go back and shift one thing, especially when it comes around, to, like comes to abundance, like what would you go back and, and tell your past self to, to shift? Honestly, I don't want to say things were definitely not perfect, but I definitely took a lot of risks early in the game. Um, so when I worked a nine to five and I was at one point I was balancing both my nine to five and my business, um, most of my paycheck would go to my team, Mm -hmm. right? I was, I was funneling my pay, my corporate paycheck so that I could build my business. And I realized early on that I couldn't do it alone, especially, um, I mean, the magnitude of my dreams and what I wanted for my life, I knew I had to have a team effort. I've acquired mentors and advisors early in the game. I never waited. You know that term, um, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I've always prepared for the next step 
way before I even had to. So that like, it just, it just really helped me to like navigate the, the business space. What would I have done? What I, I, w- I don't think I would have changed anything, to be honest. I really think that um, any mistakes that I made, I needed to make in order to learn how to move forward and propel myself. Mm, it's like this concept of failing forward, right? And I know the environment that we're in right now, we're in COVID-19 and we're, you know, as we're recording this, we're still in quote unquote quarantine. And there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are feeling like a failure, like they have to close their businesses and maybe they're sitting in a place of fear about like, why is this happening to me? But I know that you have a very different perspective on, you know, what failure looks like and resistance and having to kind of grow through the tough stuff. So could you share, like, how are you navigating through this right now differently than maybe some setbacks you've navigated through in the past? This is a test. This is a test of our faith, right? And if, you know, if I really want to get grounded in that thought, you know, God or the universe is not entitled to give us the details. Right. And so whether it's COVID-19, whether your boyfriend stole something from your bank account, whether your employee quits the day before a big project, whatever that looks like, everything is a test of how badly you really want this. So while it may be a setback, it does not give us reason to quit if this is something that you truly envision for your life. For many years, I've had an abundance mindset. Um, I've had to obviously learn that it doesn't just, you know, it doesn't just appear, but yeah, of course there's days when you cry and there's days when you want to throw in the towel and days when you, you question so many things, but it's all necessary. And those Mm -hmm. of us who've reached any level of success know that, you know, if you enter this game, you better be willing to fight. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And we got to come out swimming, swinging. So fortunately for me, I, you know, I'm in a, I've had multiple streams of income for quite some time. So even though all of my speaking engagements were canceled up until August, um, I was able to lean on other pillars and I'm okay. Um, But that just means, again, living in an abundance mindset, I was given abundance and blessing so that I can help other people. So I'm checking in with friends to see what emotional and financial support they need. I'm donating to causes and I'm donating to, you know, food pantries and whatnot. I think right now more than anything, we have to lift as we climb because it's going to be difficult, but I am, I'm keeping, a, I'm trying to keep a positive mindset. It was, I do have a history of living with depression for the last decade. And, you know, I do have my days most definitely the first few weeks were really tough. Um, but now I've reached to a point where I've accepted what is right? And I'm ready to move forward and just take it by the day by day. Okay. There's like 500 things I want to unpack and everything that you just said right there. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love that you talked about mental health and like really just embracing kind of the different parts of who you are, because we're all at the core, very dynamic, right? There isn't one thing or one characteristic about us that's good or bad, we are the sum of our parts, right? And I know that you are a huge mental health advocate and you share very openly about this on, on your social media. So I'd love to know for those that maybe are in a similar place where they have these big dreams and they're super ambitious, but then they find themselves on this like roller coaster of highs and lows. And I can imagine that it presents some challenges when it comes to being an entrepreneur. What are some of the tools or practices that you've leaned into to navigate through that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I was diagnosed in 2010 with depression and anxiety. And since then, it's been a constant 
trial and error experimentation to see like what formula works for me. I think I want to start there just knowing that like it's important to understand that everyone's formula to recovery is very different. For some people, they see a naturopath. For other people, they lean on medication. For other people, they work out. They, other people need nature, right? Other people meditate. Um, so I think that Number one, you have to try different things, um, but I do understand that some people are in a state where they can't even see themselves trying. So in that case, the best thing that I did um, throughout my journey is raise my hand and ask for help, right? The only way I know how to climb out of any hole that I'm in is gradually. And mm -hmm. so if I'm able to raise my hand and ask for help, then my circle of support can step in and they can help me with the next steps forward. If it has not already started, there will be a mental health crisis after this, guaranteed. Um, this is enough to make anyone want to walk off the edge. Um, so, you know, my hearts and prayers goes out to everyone. Um, but I really do think that now more than ever, um, what not to do is like not to isolate yourself, right? Um, you know, make sure you're communicating how you feel to other people that you trust. Um, I think that it's very important within professional relationships and personal relationships to feel emotionally safe. Um, and so when you articulate that, um, I would hope that your circle of support can step in, uh, read those signs and be able to appropriately, um, you know, help you with the next step forward. Mm, yeah. And again, this, this common theme of being willing to be supported keeps coming through this conversation around whether it's your team that's supporting you or being supported by money or your own gifts or just your community. And um, I love that you shared that because whether you struggle with mental health or not, the road to entrepreneurship can often feel really lonely and you can feel like no one really understands you. They don't understand your drive or your motivation, why you wouldn't want to just have a nine to five job. And your relationship capital is, in my opinion, the most important capital that you can have. I mean, literally it's the gateway to so many things, whether it's personally or professionally. So I love, I love that you shared that. And speaking of relationship capital, I know that that is something that is like number one priority for you. You value relationships so much and you've been very vocal about curating different mentors and business partners and relationships with them. And so I'd love to know more about for the person that's listening that maybe is in a place where she's ready to take that big leap into the world of entrepreneurship and she doesn't feel supported, what's the first step that she can take to start building some relationship capital that um, can really help her both personally and professionally? For sure. I want to piggyback on another point really quickly. For those of us who have found strength and for those of us who are you know, walking in our confidence, it's really important to actively listen to what people don't say. So when you check in with your colleague and your sister, when they tell you they're fine, mm. nine times out of 10, they're not, right? The other day I had to make a quick visit, a drive-by to one of my peers because that, ex that exact situation happened. I could sense that she was not speaking up and telling me something. Um, so it's just important to just be very aware of your surroundings and listen to what people are not telling you because mm -hmm. oftentimes out of shame and guilt, et cetera, people may not just come out and spill that they can't pay their mortgage or, you know, their car has been repossessed, et cetera, et cetera. So I just wanted to make that, that point. Um, in terms of networking, oh man, I'm a master networker. I'm really good at getting into the rooms with very important people, CEOs, presidents, et cetera. Um, in my corporate life, I was an executive assistant to senior leaders for 10 years. And so 
that is the one thing single-handedly that I know changed the game for me, just being able to see how they've managed their relationships. A lot of times they're, you know, flying to Japan just to have dinner and come back, right? Because they know it's like that personal connection, that exchange of energy is going to be very long lasting. Um, during this pandemic, I find that it's been very easier. The barrier um, to entry has been lowered because um, we are all at home, right? And our schedules are full, but there's flexibility. So I've been able to get the meetings that I've wanted a lot sooner. Um, so to the individual who's trying to navigate this space, number one, honestly, there's some prerequisite work that needs to be done prior to reaching out to anybody. You wanna make sure that you are the type of person that people will actually wanna fuck with, right? You wanna make sure that you have a track record of exhausting all your options um, and you know you have a portfolio you have something to bring to the table or else when you have that one-off conversation with someone it's just going to be a dead end it's not going to the conversation's not going to continue what value can you bring right you want to reduce stress and add value those are the two things you want to ultimately check off when you come in connection with somebody and then i think it's about ultimately like we talked earlier about what do you want in your life and then reverse engineering that. So you don't need to know every single person in the room. In fact, I know very, I have a lot of acquaintances and peers, but the key decision makers, like the, the gatekeepers, that's who you want in your circle. So for instance, I mean, uh, I have a few people in New York, right? A few peers in New York, and they've connected me to dozens of people who've turned into clients, really. So you, what I'm saying is if you know the right people, the two or three who are the gatekeepers, like life will change for you. So re it's really just about making chess moves. Mm, I love it. You're like a stealthy ninja that moves through the night and like builds all these relationships. <laughs> it's just, it's so much fun to watch you really show that example through your social media. And I love following you on Instagram, you guys have to go follow Pollyanna because she, the content that she provides is just raw and real and yet so valuable. And so speaking of just building relationship capital and, and mentorship, you have these highlights on your Instagram called the bomb life. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about what the inspiration was behind that and um, share with our listeners, like how they can find value through that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, early on in the game, I was skipping paying my bills so I can pay for flights so that I could, you know, make trips across North America and have these coffee dates and build my network. So, I mean, I wouldn't advise skipping your bills, but do what you need to do. For me, um, I have a very close connection with my audience and I because I've had a bird's eye view as an assistant to every single meeting, I've been able to, you know, like that being an assistant by far and being up under somebody in power, best decision I ever made. Um, I wanted to do the same thing for my audience. So the bomb life is a series of business meetings that I document in order for my audience to really see who I'm meeting with, why I'm meeting with them. What is my elevator pitch? What is the objective? And I really just walk them through my processes, how I research everybody before, you know, before I connect with them. And um, what does my follow-up look like? Um, what's the nature of the conversation? Is it just a touch base or is it, you know, are we closing a business deal? Um, I really go into a lot of detail so people can learn by observation. Cause it's one thing, I mean, I think anyone can preach to you, but what you, a lot of people just, you know, they're visual learners. So I really like to um, switch my teaching style up a little bit. 
Yeah. And I love it. It's so much value. And you're so, um, even I remember you were on a trip in New York city and you were like, I'm not wearing high heels. I have my sneakers <laughs> on. I have my backpack because I'm making moves. I need to be efficient. And I just, I loved that because I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in like the Instagram worthy and it has to look a certain way, but you've completely redefined what success looks like. And you've, you've made it work for you and your values. And I want to talk about actually, there was one story that I remember very vividly. You pulled this wallet out <laughs> and it was like the most ragged looking wallet, but you had a really, really powerful story. Can you share a little bit more about that wallet and what it means to you? Yeah, I'm very sentimental. And so it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much money I end up making. There are certain things to me that I keep close to my heart to like keep me grounded and keep me humble. The wallet is something that a girlfriend gave me. Actually, one of my first business partners gave me when we were we must have been 19, 20. And I've kept it. And as you know, it's very ratted. It's very ripped. Like I look homeless carrying it around. <laughs> but for me, like it has incredible meaning because it's that was like the, the first company I launched. That was the first business partner I had. That was like, that was when life was simple and perfect. Um, I also have a voice recorder that my father gave me many years ago. And so in the early stages of my journalism career, that's what I used to, to interview Olivia Newton-John, to interview, you know, Lenny Kravitz, to interview all these big names. And so like when I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. Um, so I always keep that with, I don't necessarily use it today, but I keep it in my purse. I keep it close to me because it just reminds me of like, Man, like, look how far you've come. I think that's so important to take inventory and to take assessment of like how blessed we've become and how far we've become, we've come because you have to celebrate yourself and give yourself yes. credit where it's due. Amen to that. So I want to know who was your favorite person that you've interviewed so far? Um, I recently interviewed Jesse Reyes. That's really, that was a beautiful interview um, just simply because she was really down to earth. We were, we actually, so I dropped out of school 2008 and I entered a community program called the Remix Project in 2009 and we're both graduates of the Remix Project. Um, and then the other one is Ivy McGregor, who is the director of social responsibility for Parkwood Entertainment. So anything in regards to philanthropy um, that Beyonce does, Ivy spearheads it. And we've become excellent friends, like as a result of having such a beautiful conversation. Oh, I love that. And I know that you're, again, kind of coming back to this ethos that you have of mentorship and giving, you have something really, really unique that you do every single Monday called, is it Mentor Me? Mentor Me Monday. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that because I know there's women that are listening to this going, okay, how do I get into Pollyanna's circle? This woman's amazing. I need more of her. And you just give very, very generously in multiple ways. And this is one of them. So I'd love for you to talk about that. Yeah, I think it's super important. Um, those of us who are in positions of success to to lift as we climb and um, provide opportunities. I, you know, sometimes you always will find that's actually um, how I found my videographer who's been employed by me for four years, right? He applied and we chopped it up and I saw, like, I saw that he had like really natural talent um, and he's someone that I trust with everything. Um, so for me, like I typically do it two Mondays out of the month. Well, I'll open up my calendar. I'll book several appointments. Um, everyone gets 15 minutes um, and they can ask me whatever they want. And when everyone emails me, I make it, I'm very clear before you ask me questions, I need you to look at all of my content as much as you can so that you re recognize whether or not I've already answered your question, or you can go back and prepare a 
deeper, like more enriched question. Um, Cause I find that when you do get access to certain people and you waste their time, I'm a big believer in the fact that there are dumb questions. And the only reason why I say it's dumb is because you didn't take the extra effort to do your research um, because they've likely addressed the question in, in a video, a talk, a speech, et cetera. But it's been really wonderful connecting with women and, and just, you know, opening those lines of communication. Honestly, the money that I've been able to attract and I've done very well for myself. Honestly, it's been as a result of doing things for free, if that makes any sense. Um, I closed uh, a deal that is worth 40 grand. And it was from one of the individuals who connected with me on a Mentor Me Monday. Um, I don't even know when, within the last year or so, she referred me in a conversation that she had, right? So now I'm ghostwriting a book for a mutual friend, right? So when you give from a good place, people will always remember. Mm. That's so beautiful. And I love like the connection points of that, of like how one simple act of generosity and just true service, because you have a very servant heart, can lead to an energy exchange or a ripple effect that serves you in an even bigger way. Right. It's just like, it's so and cool. It's only 15 minutes. It's not, I think some leaders think that like, it's such a big block of time, but I'm honestly like someone took a chance on me. Like right. my mentors took a chance on me, like all of them joined, most of them joined my life when I wasn't necessarily peaking, you know what I mean? But they looked at me and they saw the potential. And so sometimes a conversation, a text, an email could change the direction of someone's existence. And so if I could provide any insight in some way, now I will say this, right? There are a lot of courses, webinars, virtual summits, um, a lot of cyber glitter on the internet right now because it's, you know, COVID-19. Anyone who you um, subscribe to, anyone who you ask advice of, just make sure that you do your research because, you know, you, you want to make sure that you can see receipts um, because mm -hmm. bad advice is very popular and you just want to make sure that you can trust um, that they're speaking from experience, not just from a textbook. Yeah, bad advice is the most expensive advice you'll get. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sucks. And again, I, I, I'm picking up on these like truth bombs and these nuggets and these threads of this conversation. And you said something earlier about working under somebody and being their assistant and just taking notes and paying attention and doing research. Like even when it comes to networking and getting yourself in the right rooms, it's doing the research on the person and not wasting their time. And it's the same thing. We live in a society right now where we just want instant gratification and we want to throw money at a problem and hope that it will solve it. And you know, really what it comes down to is one, getting really grounded in what it is that you truly want, getting really clear on that. Number two is like figuring out what's the next step and then doing your research and finding the person that you really align with that feels really good, like energetically, as opposed to, you know, maybe their title or the glitz and the glam. Um, because sometimes I, I know for me, some of the best mentors I've worked with and the best advice I've gotten has been from somebody who maybe wasn't as uh, like accredited, you know, so to speak, I'm yeah. using air quotes or as, as glittery mm -hmm. as some of the other things, just because someone doesn't have 10,000 followers on social media or they don't have a beautiful website doesn't mean that their value isn't great versus somebody who has the perfect Instagram feed and the perfect website and it's poop covered in glitter. Yes. And you know what? Some of, some of the most, one of my mentors, his name is Noah. Oh my God. A multi, multi, multi-millionaire, 10,000 times over. He doesn't even exist in the social space. You'd never be able to find him. And I was introduced to him by a mutual friend and like you said, you know what I mean? Like he, he runs his business, he has his family, 
he's not a public figure, but he has a wealth of knowledge. Actually, I told him, like we had a coffee and I was like, uh, I'm not dumb. You're going to be my mentor. Like I'm not leaving this coffee. Like this is not a one-time thing. You know what I mean? And so he's, he's been so great. I think it's also important to consider um, men as mentors as well. And your mentors don't have to look like you. So just keep an open mind. Just like when you pursue a romantic partner, right? Sometimes what we, our ideal of love isn't necessarily what we envisioned or doesn't come packaged like we wanted it to, right? So same thing. Uh-huh. Yes. Amen to that. So uh, since you brought it up, I want to go there for a second. And I want to talk about relationships in this new sort of paradigm that we're living in of a feminine rising. You know, in the spiritual community, there's a lot of talk around like the patriarch and the matriarch and feminine rising. And a lot of women, yourself included, are really owning their seat at the table and running multi-million dollar businesses like a boss. And I know from just conversations I've had from my own experiences that there's a dynamic shift that happens in relationships where men sometimes feel emasculated or they don't know their place if they're not the breadwinner or they're not the ones you know, holding the quote unquote power. So I'd love to know um, what your perspective is on that as a woman who is multifaceted, who owns her truth, who's a total boss. What is that dynamic like when it comes to calling in men that can match or, or even just hold space for that type of mass, like big energy? That's such a big question. Um, there's a lot of layers to this. Are you talking about just romantically or professionally? I would say romantically. I'm I'm definitely talking more from like a romantic perspective of like these, I, I feel it for me too. Like as I've grown in the past couple of years of just stepping in and being a big light that um, attracting a man that can hold that kind of space and still not, and still feel confident in who he is. So I just walked away from a very toxic situation because he could not handle our dynamic. And it was, it just turned really nasty quickly. At first it's, it started as support and then it turned into resentment. Um, I will say this, there are billions of men in this world and nobody tripping over one. Like I'm not like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I've since moved on and I recently met someone who is also an entrepreneur and totally understands the lifestyle where I'm coming from. I honestly, I really think it's just about having patience within ourselves and not necessarily feeling like, I know, you know, a lot of us look at our clock, um, but I'd much rather be fulfilled in a, an emotionally safe situation rather than rushing to have a family in something that does not serve me well. Mm. This or something better has been a mantra that I've been anchoring into my life, whether it's in romantic relationships, business partnerships, money, like whatever it is. And, and I feel like we have been trained from whoever, our family, society to fit inside the box and like check the little marks off of like the life, the career, the kids, all that. And it doesn't, it doesn't operate on a timeline like that. And I've recently redefined what success looks like in a relationship. I've transitioned out of my marriage in 2019. I was with my partner for seven years and it was actually a really beautiful transition. Probably the most like adult and like responsible transition out of relationship I've ever had. However, um, I recognize that society deems success in a relationship around longevity. Like, oh, we've been together for 30 years, but I know so many 
couples that have been together for 30 years and they're miserable, right? So Mm -hmm. I feel like every single person that comes into our life is meant to teach us something and we get the lesson and then we evolve every relationship, whether it's professional or personal has an expiration date, some, some way, shape or form. Um, But I think that when we get really, really grounded in who we are and what our values are and the vibration that we want to operate from, we can start to call in a partner. But I think we're just in an interesting time where women are really standing in their power and men are having to adjust and, and know their role and not feel emasculated, that they can actually still have a role and a purpose and be strong in who they are next to this woman that's just so in her power and so fierce absolutely but I also think I know for me personally like even though I'm standing in my power I know that in the relationship dynamic like I still want a man who can lead the family in the home right that's still an expectation of me uh still an expectation I have of him um the other thing is it's interesting um there's a New York Times piece that was titled um the strip clubs of Instagram Okay. Now that we're in COVID-19, there are, people are bored and people need entertainment. And I did a, a IG rant on this because I was, I mean, this affects more than one person. It doesn't just affect the entertainment mogul on IG live and the stripper, right? It also affects the women who have passed up advances so that we can evolve in our careers. Right. And so sometimes I do get in my feelings, you know, I work really hard. I have my integrity intact, but some of the men who I might be attracted to might not regardless. Some of the men who are in these positions of power and can do a lot with their voice, they choose to be entertained by women who have chosen a different path. Um, And sometimes that gets me upset. Sometimes it makes me sad, right? Like, it's like, is the joke on us? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so I think about that too. I think about, you know, the plethora of options that we all have at our fingertips. Um, And sometimes the conversation I have with myself is like, is intellect and uh, confidence on the wish lists of men? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do they, is that something that they appreciate? I mean, fuck, I read books. I'm smart as hell. You know, I I do very well for myself, but sometimes I feel like the easy route, the easy street is, you know, men don't have, you know, men have the option of not dealing with the confident women and they don't want to be combative. So they're just like, you know what, I could, you know, I could deal with this girl who, who will let me, you know, run all over her. And so we're seeing a lot of that unfold on on the internet because of the time that we're in and IG live is wilding right now. Um, I've seen too much. (laughs) <laughs> vagina just say it yeah I've, I've seen way too much vagina and it's just it's 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 very interesting to see honestly I'm just like being observant right now yes. it's just very interesting to see um the participants um especially the who we deemed and glorified as thought leaders um yes. entertainment moguls um you know what I mean like what they have chosen to use their platforms for mm-hmm. and so to me you know that's not leadership to me. And so yes. I think that you, it just boils down to what do you require and want from a man? And honestly, most men will disqualify themselves, honey. Like yes. they don't, like you don't have to do the work. They will disqualify themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And it's, um, I went through an interesting experience last year in 2019 
my network marketing company restructured and we lost uh, 95% of our income within two months. And money truly makes people do really interesting things. And again, like you can kind of sit back and just observe where money becomes such a powerful magnifier for underlying emotion or it triggers behaviors that otherwise wouldn't normally show up. And so I started to see people like it was like a feeding frenzy. They were acting out of fear and they were cross recruiting and they were doing really out of like things that were very much out of integrity because they were trying to rebuild a multiple six figure income over the time span of two months. So there was a lot of this like icky, disgusting behavior that was happening that you wouldn't normally see. And, you know, coming into this environment that we're in right now with the pandemic and people losing businesses overnight, and even in the entertainment industry, like everything's being shut down. I think of all the movies that were supposed to come out and the forecasting and like business plans. And so, yes, you are starting to see people operate in a way that maybe they wouldn't normally operate or their, their integrity is being called into question because money is being attached to it and money is attached so deeply to safety and fear. And I think that, like you were saying earlier, coming out on the other side of this, you're going to see a lot of a new crop of people emerge, a new crop of thought leaders, a new crop of ways of doing business and how we connect and a lot of therapy bills for some of the decisions that were made during COVID-19 of like, wow, I'm actually mad at my dad and uh, didn't know that. And now I need to go into therapy for seven months because I chose to, you know, sell my body on the internet for money. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty wild, but, um, but Hey, honestly, like honesty always wins. And yes. so I think that a lot, and this is not to shame anyone. I think all of us had dealt with our own demons. Honestly, I think that at some point, you know, we've done things that we weren't necessarily proud of. Every single woman can, can relate to that. Um, so it's just an evolution. You know what I mean? And some people tap into who they truly are sooner than others. So, yeah. So speaking of evolution, what is something right now that you're just really, really excited about stepping into? Um, I think as a result of COVID-19, we are all going to change some for the better, some for the worse. Um, I just, I look forward to the type of woman I will become as a result of this pandemic um, and who is on the other side of this. I'm still going through a rave of emotions. I'm still trying to, you know, lend support to my parents, check in with my friends, manage a team. So like I'm going through my own growth right now. So still trying to figure out who that person is. Mm, I love that. It's such an evolution, right? And we were talking earlier before we pressed record about like the polarity of life and, you know, that we don't build strength without resistance, right? And so for a lot of people, they're probably sitting in fear right now, kind of wondering like, why is this happening to me? But if you can shift your perspective and say, you know what, this is happening for me so that I can evolve into something new, it really does kind of help you to look at life through a more creative lens. And with childlike curiosity. We were talking about that before we pressed record as well. So I love that you shared that. And um, for the women that are really obsessed with you and want to get into your energy and want to work with you, what's the best way for them to connect with your services and, and, and your gifts? Yeah, sure. I'm very accessible. So all of my contact information is on my Instagram. My phone number is there. Um, my phone number is on my LinkedIn. I think that it's really important. Like I totally understand when people decide to be exclusive and all that shit. 
But to me, I can't even tell you like how much money I've made because someone can find my number on the internet. Because, you know, I'm just like, just an, I'm open. I'm just open to whatever the world has for me. So it's very easy to find me if you want to work with me or have a chat. Okay, guys, I wish you could see what I see right now. So we're recording this episode on Zoom. And as Pollyanna is sharing how (laughs) open she is, the sun is like beaming above her head. And she's just like (laughs) surrounded in this beautiful white light. So, oh my gosh, I loved this conversation. Guys, make sure that you follow Pollyanna on Instagram at Pollyanna Reed. We'll make sure to tag her Instagram in the show notes. And the best way that you can support any woman in business is just to share her content and let her know what you love the most about this episode. So final question I ask every single guest and you kind of teed it up earlier. What are you celebrating right now? Health more than ever. Mm. Amen. If you don't have health, you have nothing, right? I mean, the fact that we could walk outside and that could be a deadly situation is pretty scary right now. So I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Mm. And I'm so grateful for you, Pollyanna. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. And until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Bye. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It is truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to fully step into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.